Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thank you for being there. Thank you for listening, for all the episodes you have. What is your favorite episode? I would love to have you go out right now and tweet Hashtag Thriving Entrepreneur. And tell me, of all the guests we've had, who have you enjoyed the most? Which of the books have you read? I mean, we've brought some amazing best-selling authors to you. Some world-changing people who have done such amazing things in the world. And I'm interested. Who, who did you enjoy? Um, you know, what kind of books would you like to read more of? What, what kind of people would you like to talk more of? You see, that's the thing about the human condition we uh you know we don't plan like we should we have huge plans you know there's the age age old saying uh man makes plans and god laughs but we don't necessarily think through the long-term impacts of our plans especially when we're young you know we have these big plans you know i mean i don't think there's probably anybody that says you know what i want to do is grow up to be homeless poor, um, you know, and a vagrant. I mean, I, I, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe that was somebody's, I mean, I, I can think of times when my children were little, when their dream was to work at Domino's Pizza because I worked at Domino's Pizza for a while or when they would go into McDonald's and be so thrilled because how amazing is that person behind the counter that has access to McDonald's cheeseburgers all day long? Oh, my gosh. You know, and when you're three or four years old, that's freaking amazing. But, you know, as you grow up, you go back and you see how that plan would have really played out. Can you imagine, um, you know, as the only career you've had working for your whole entire life, 40, 50, 60 years as nothing more than the person who cleans the bathrooms at a restaurant. You know, um, we all have had those jobs that are the bottom of the barrel jobs, but to stay there, what a shame that would be because all of us are destined for greatness. We have amazing things within us. Now, with that said, here's the harsh reality. The harsh reality is life has bumps. Nobody gets through life unscathed, meaning that there are things that come up that we didn't intend, we didn't want, we didn't plan for. But how does that end up showing up in our life? I love the phrase, and you've heard it before, are you standing in your story or are you standing on your story? Your past does not equal your future. Ernie Villanueva, my good friend, he said so many times, and again repeated it here on the show, your yesterday 
is a canceled check. Tomorrow is a promissory note. Today is the only legal tender that you have. And so with what is called today, what are you going to do with today? What are you going to make use of? Spend your time, your effort, your energy on today. What can you do to be the best version of yourself today? You see, often we want to look into the future to determine what will be. We have grandiose plans and dreams and scams and schemes. And we live our life in tomorrow. And we miss today. Other times, we're so constantly driving forward with our eyes focused completely on the rearview mirror. We can see so clearly everything behind us. All the hurts, all the mistakes, all the things that we wish we could change. And we become so focused on that that we miss what's right in front of us. So I encourage you, stop for just a second. Look around. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this two ways because we talk about both your life and your business. First, let's look at who is there today loving you, showing up for you, that's an important, integral part of your life. Who's there today? I wish I could promise you what tomorrow's going to bring. And I don't know what happened in the past. I can't change it. I know that. But I can promise you that the people that are showing up in your life today, that are there for you, loving you, in it with you, those people are worth making sure that you tell them how much you love them and how important they are to you today. Can you do that? Who is the one person that immediately popped in your brain? Now, after that, are there more? Are there a whole bunch of people? Do you need to take an hour out of today and just send a bunch of thank you, even emails, Facebook messages, tweets to people? Or do you need to take one special person, wrap your arms around them and say, you know what? I love you. How impactful and powerful would that be in your life today? Now let's think about business. In your business, there are a whole bunch of things. You know, I mean, any of us that have been in business, we can articulate. Here's the things that, you know, that were mistakes, that were learning options, that were times when the company didn't turn out exactly the way I wanted it to. And there are victories. There are moments that, you know, we could spend the rest of our lives hanging our hat on how amazing yesterday was. There are excited expectancies in the future. I hope you have big goals and big dreams. But today I want you to focus on what could you do today? If you only did one thing, you did it well, you did it with grace, with ease, powerfully, intelligently. What would be the thing that you could do in your business today 
that would have the greatest impact. There's, po- there's, there's so many possibilities. It may be a client you need to contact. There may be one more follow-up call from where you are now to money in the bank. Often, especially in sales, we stop one question short of the yes. The people were just about there, but they just needed one more piece of information. Or sometimes, honestly, the people just need to be asked, or they need to be asked again. Statistically speaking, they tell us in marketing that you know a person has to see an ad. It used to be five to seven times. These days, with the advent of uh, you know messaging on Facebook and emails and things like that, it's anywhere between twelve and twenty times that you need to see something before it. There's a belief created. And so what if a person is now on the edge of belief and all they need for you to do is ask them one more time, what can I do to earn your business today? Maybe there's a person that um, you know you need to hire to bring into your company because you've been root causing everything to yourself, doing all the work yourself, and you haven't allowed others to shine in their unique brilliance in your company. And maybe the, the best thing you could do today would be to just simply open your hands, release, and allow somebody else to powerfully show up in your company. And the reverse of that's true, too. Maybe there's somebody that you've just been putting off. You're like, yeah, I need to, you know, I need to have an exit with that person. There's no better time than now to take care of that. Anyway, the question is, and I really want you to think about it. If you could only do one thing today in your business, what is the one thing that only you can do that would have the greatest impact in your business today? My good friend and mentor, Errol Abramson, has a program that he teaches. And one of the main pieces of that is he, he suggests, teaches, um, you know, kind of really believes that what you should do every day starting off in your business is first start off with the three things that are going to make the cash registers ring, that are going to have the highest potential for income-producing activity in your business. And that's the first three things you should do every day. Um, and I appreciate how Errol says that and, and how impactful that can be in your business. And so I ask you, because many of us have different, you know, you may be the operations manager for your company. And so it may not be a sales call. It may be finishing off a client. It may be having another training session with a crew or with your whole staff that would increase their capability. But the question is, what is the one thing that only you can do that would have the greatest impact on your company today? You see, today is, as Ernie says, the only legal tender. Today's all we've got. Tomorrow will be today, tomorrow. And then tomorrow you will have that to spend. But spending tomorrow today isn't possible. We can have the greatest plans, the greatest dreams, and the best use of today may be to actually have a written goal. 
But the question is, what is the best use of today? Spend today wisely, and it'll help you live as a thriving entrepreneur. Don't go away. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. So what did you come up with? I'd be interested. Hashtag thriving entrepreneur. Tell me what's the one thing that only you can do today in your business that will have the greatest impact on your business. And also, please, I want to know who did you share your love with today? Who did you make sure that while you had today, you told them how important they, they, they are in your life? You see, we only get one go around in this life as people. And... The human experience is something that all of us are experiencing, but a lot of us are experiencing it from a different point. Some of us are very deep people. Some of us are, you know, a little bit shallow in in other people's, you know, estimation. But in the end, each of us has a part to play. There is a very specific, very real need for each of us to be the person that we are. And that's what really creates a great world. And I really want us all to really dive deep today into some of the things that we can glean from other people's experiences that'll help us have a better experience as we experience the human condition. Today we want to talk about international best-selling book, The Problem with Being Human, The Pursuit of Consciousness. And we have with us author Bob Norton. Hi Bob, how are you today? Very good. Thank you, Steve. So, Bob, tell us a little bit about you. I mean, I know that you live not in the United States, so just tell everybody a little bit about your background. Okay. Um, I well, Before I retired down here to the south of France, I was uh, a librarian. Um, I was a librarian in England, which is the place of my birth. Uh, and also in France. And it was an interesting time because in those 30 years, um, we went from no computers to everything being computers. And that was quite a struggle for someone who isn't a computer expert like me. But uh, one thing I do remember very fondly about working as a librarian was that I could always steal a little time here and there to look up something new, something I was curious about, something 
that triggered the imagination and uh, and there I was in basically rooms full of books and I could always find a few minutes to sneak myself away uh, reading about subjects I knew nothing about. Um, always curious and what was new to me often led to new thinking and new experience and so I, I was very lucky with my career. Um, I started writing uh, about 35 years ago when I was in France, but that was largely about management. And when uh, my wife and I moved down here 11 years ago now, um, we had a number of totally unexpected um, spiritual experiences something which we weren't familiar with at all. Um, but they, they were strange and they were kind of a wake-up call which led to us rethinking the way we thought about this life. Um, and then I started writing about six or seven years ago, a far cry from management now, um, along broadly spiritual lines, but I hope that they were also very common sense lines. Um, and my first book was called Two Strangers, One Soul. And the problem with being human is now my sixth book, um, that my wife has painstakingly edited with comments to me like, what does that mean? Well, you can't say that, not like that. And so we have a great relationship, and I'm very lucky. I want to go back just a second, because you said something just absolutely amazing. Um, you know, of course, I've always loved libraries, but I love the concept of spending your days surrounded by books. That does sound like a special slice of heaven. It, yeah. Um, in both in France and in, uh, and, and in England, I worked in business school libraries. And we, we tried to start a few publications going because especially in the 80s and the 90s, the management gurus were, were hot topics. Uh, you, 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 I don't know if you remember Tom Peters, um, in search of excellence, but it, it took the world by storm and everybody started getting interested in gurus. And so someone had to write something short, sweet, uh, straightforward on summarizing what the gurus were doing. And so we had to read about the gurus and we had to research them uh, and we had to test them out. And it was a really fun time. In fact, that was the best time of my working life when I had a great, great team of people working with me. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. It was a real buzz all the way through. So talk to us about uh, the problem with being human and the pursuit of consciousness. What does that mean to you? It, a couple of years ago, I think I must have read it several times. I think I, I, I'd, I'd already assimilated it to myself, um, but hadn't quite realized what I thought was important about it. 
And that was that the problem with being human is that we actually create our own reality. Um, we are responsible for what we become. We are responsible and the instigators of our emotions, our moods, our feelings and our thoughts. Um, let, me, let, let me give you an example. Um, if you say to me, you upset me, that is something I cannot do. I cannot be in control of your emotions. I am not uh, a puppet master pulling strings. I can say something, but I don't know how you will react. Um, I often don't try and say things with too much contentiousness to them, although I do now and again. Um, but I cannot upset you. The only person who can upset you is you. Because you are in charge of your own emotions, your feelings, your moods, what have you. And I, I remember being told by someone that I upset them. And I, I had no intention whatsoever of doing, and I think they chose to be upset. And it just sparked a whole line of thinking. Um, and everything starts with a thought. A thought is just energy coming through. Um, and you don't have to say it. You just have to think it, and that thought will start rolling out there. If I, if I say... I'm, I'm feeling depressed right now, then all I will do is attract more depression to me. If I say I'm angry, I'll, I'll attract more anger to me. And the one way I can actually control that, because we all do it, we, we have helter-skelter emotions, we, we have the mind which plays tricks on us, and sometimes, a lot of times, it's out of control. But if we learn to stand back and be our own observer of what we are thinking, almost like we're a bubble floating over the top of us, watching us, then it becomes very easy to dispel that depression, to dispel that anger, because you realize that you are not the anger. You are not the sadness. It is just something passing through. And then it's very easy to dispel that. We, one, one of the reasons that I, I wrote the book is that um, I could see a lot of, of people uh, reacting like that and, and looking to blame someone else for their feelings which is a nonsense. We are the only ones responsible for our feelings. But one of the reasons I wrote the book was that I sensed that a lot of people have really started to think that the, the, the world is going to hell in a handcart. Um, we, we are told by experts for example, that we have global warming and it's a serious problem, and others deny it. Uh, we are told that we are overpopulating and others deny it. 
we are told that the world's topsoil, which is our lifeblood, is desperately running out and, and can only feed us for so long. And others deny it. Uh, the same with water, the same with lots of things. Usually those who deny it are those in a position to have a vested interest in keeping the status quo going. And so it, it, it doesn't take much to see um, with expert opinion being rejected, the specialist opinion, the scientific opinion being rejected, that the world is going somewhere where it's never been before. And we need new thinking. We don't need the thinking that took us into the mess in the first place. And I grew more and more to believe that the only thing in which we can really trust these days is ourselves. And so let's learn to understand ourselves uh, a lot more than we, than we do currently, generally, um, and, and let's learn how to start liking ourselves. And then maybe rather than thinking we're separate from everybody else, maybe we can get back those days of community and togetherness because we are all in the same boat and we all think very similar things. Yet now we tend to feel that we're all rather separate. So this is a book about, yeah, learning a little bit about ourselves by asking ourselves questions, by testing the things that we've believed all our lives and challenging them and, and just not accepting the mantras of others all the time so that we begin to establish what we feel is right inside, deep inside, and it feels good, although it may go against the grain. And that in a nutshell is The Problem With Being Human. The book is called The Problem With Being Human, The Pursuit of Consciousness by Bob Norton. It is an international bestseller, and I do encourage you to get it on Amazon today. Bob, thanks for spending so, a little bit of time with us today to talk about yourself and your book. Many thanks to you, Steve. Thanks indeed. Consciousness and reality. What is and what isn't. There are a lot of things that we have the ability to choose. And, you know, just as we talked about at the beginning of the show, one of the most powerful, dynamic, important parts of that is how are you going to choose to show up in the world? What are you going to choose to do with today? Because we really only have today. And so who do you gonna who are you gonna love? Who you know, what are you gonna do? Who are you gonna show them the best of yourself? How are you gonna show up in the world so that the world that needs you ends up as a better place because you showed up today? That is what I want for all of you. There are many problems in the world. There may be even many problems with being human. But one of the things that is a solution is our ability to always choose. And so I want for you to make a powerful choice in your life today.
We'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks so much for being there. You know, as we're talking today about being grateful for the people in our lives, one of the groups of people that I always love to make sure that they know we appreciate is people in the military, both people that are currently in as well as people who have served. They have done a service for all of us that we appreciate. And I know there's been times in the history of every country where their warriors weren't treated properly. And I hope that we really truly are living in a state now where the warriors of our country really feel loved, admired, and respected because they really do do a great service for us. And I want to take the time as we're being grateful today, as we're making sure that today doesn't pass without you know, thanking somebody for what they are, who they are, and what they've done for our lives, that we take a moment to really be thankful for the men and women in all of the services that help to be able to allow us to live free. Not everybody has that, and I, for one, am extremely grateful for all that they do. I hope that you are, too, and if you know a vet, Take a moment today and just, even if you thank them before, thank them again for their service and their commitment to our country. After you've been deployed, after you've been in a war zone, is there such a thing as life? I know there's a lot of people that have come back from that and have wondered, is it really possible for me to live life like I did beforehand? And although things are different there is still definitely life after war. So to help us talk about today, I'm so glad to be joined by best-selling author, Keisha Dixon, as we talk about her book, Life After War. Hi, Keisha. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. And yourself? Doing good, thanks. So, um, you know, just to kind of give people an idea of your background and where you come from, tell people about, um, you know, the war you were involved with and some of the work you've done since. Well, I was uh, in the Army National Guard for eight years. During that time, I was deployed to Iraq in 2004 to 2005. And um, I had a unique situation where I had a two-year-old daughter that I had to leave behind, unfortunately. 
but in coming back home to my two-year-old, we um, did were able to rebuild our bond and connection after that 14-month deployment. Absolutely. But we we were able to, you know, reconnect, and um, I had my second child, and things were good, and I, you know, I became a single parent, unfortunately, but I was able to move forward and get out of the military and build a life for my children and I, but there were a few complications that I had to work through with her, their father. Um, that didn't go very well, but it ended up being a very complicated situation, which is still going on today. And I'm just learning how to better myself in the midst of the storm and move forward and be happy in the situation that have come about. I love in the intro of your book, you know, you write a very personal letter to veterans. And one of the things you mention in it is that there is no rule book and that we don't have a training manual anymore for what life's going to be like now. Um, it sure would be nice if they just handed you one, you know, <laughs> okay, you're leaving and here's instructor manual on how to live in the world now. Yeah. So what are some things that a person who finds themselves now back in civilian life uh, can do to, uh, you know, to really reintegrate? Well, they would have to do a lot of self-searching, you know, to discover the things that they like, what they don't like, uh, places they like to go or things that may spark their interest. Um, Because I know I had to dig deep and go back to my childhood to think of things that I wasn't able to get as a child, but now I'm an adult and I don't have to depend on my parents to provide those things for me where I can do them for myself. So I've been able to just do a lot of exploring and meditation and trusting in God and not necessarily our system or judicial system to guide me. Yeah, I have to stay focused on, again, myself and the things that I like and what I don't like. So, you know, you have to get yourself out there and be able to have an open mind and be open to different experiences. I know one of the things that you mentioned in your book, um, and I know it, it stopped me and made me think about some of them, there are some preconceived notions that people who haven't been in the military have about uh, what your life was like. So for people that are listening that, uh, you know, they don't come from a military background, can you talk about a few of those and, you know, maybe shed some light on some of those preconceptions that people have? Well, a lot of people have this misconception. Well, it's a social expectation about women and our roles that we play in society and in our home and in our families. So a lot of the time we are 
felt to make or felt to you know that we shouldn't play such a big part so a lot of the time uh people think that women don't do anything like we're just there sitting around you know painting each other's nails doing each other's hair but that's so untrue it's like we have to go through the same training and we're on the same mission so why would i not be trained to do the exact same things that the male counterparts are doing for the military you know you're trained for a mission and then you're given a job everyone has a job to do like the police have their job to do nurses have their jobs to do cooks have their jobs to do but in the community as a whole it all comes together and women and men we all are there for the same reason on the mission to provide a safe community for the people and the world so we just want to be seen in a different light and not what you see on television and so it's not just men out there it's men and women fighting to protect this country what other things have you ran into uh, after you came back into civilian life oh a little bit of everything it's been fighting for my benefits, fighting for my children, having to deal with the IRS, um, and still, on the other hand, dealing with my own physical conditions because I have issues with my neck and back and carpal tunnel, and I have to deal with alopecia that, you know, destroys a person's self-esteem and confidence. So I've just had to rebuild that to not isolate myself, but put myself out into the community and to help other people that have been in the same situation to feel confident and proud about what they're doing and who they are so that they can move forward and not really focus on the traumatic incidents that happen, but acknowledge the traumatic parts of the life that have happened, but just step away and move forward to something better and to help other people who are in that same situation. I know one other thing you you mentioned when you and I were talking uh, during your writing session is the misconception that every single person that's been to war now has massive PTSD and, um, you know, they're just going to blow up and kill you (laughs) for no reason at all. Yeah, it's like I know you see it all the time on the news, and that's how they always start. Oh, this veteran or this, you know, military person has done something out there that has hurt and harmed a lot of people. But it's not the case. Like for me, when I came home, I was fine. I had my baby. I was working. I was fine. But then once the incidents start occurring, like uh, with child custody, there's situations where people are, are telling lies and making you seem as if you're a horrible person, and that's not the truth. So that's when the anxiety and the PTSD and the depression starts to set in because you're you're going places and you're telling your truth, but you're being treated 
as if you're a criminal and no one wants to help you out and everybody, it feels like everybody's turning their back on you when you're going out there and making yourself vulnerable to get help and find solutions for your problems when they don't even want to acknowledge that there is a problem. So it's just the situations that you get thrown in are creating those unfortunate situations. Yeah. Um, yeah, another thing that, in fact, one of the chapters of your book is asking the question, what fight do you want to fight? Can you talk to people a little bit about making the decision, what are the things worth investing your time and effort into, and what are the things that may be best to let go? Yeah. Um, yeah. You do have to pick and choose your battles and you have to decide what's important to you and what path you want to take to that's going to lead you to being happy because any fight you're going to be in is going to take up a lot of your time, your energy, and your money. So you have to make the best decision for you and say, okay, let me step back See what's in front of me, and then you, okay, this is important to me, this is important, that I can deal with at a later date, but right now, you focus on either that one or those two issues, so that way, you can use your energy so that you can put yourself in a situation that best fits you and what's going to eventually lead you down a happy path so that you know you put all that time and energy to something that you believe in and no one else can tell you that, you know, you, you did, you should have did this or you should have did that. If it's something that you're passionate about or something that you know is right, fight the good fight and use your time and your energy wisely. And you have four really amazing, easy to follow steps that a person can take when reintegrating themselves into civilian society to really help them live an amazing life. Um, and of course, a person needs to buy the book to get all of those. <laughs> but um, if you just had to pick one of them, and it really doesn't matter which one of them, but which one today just really sticks out in your mind as a suggestion of something that a person can do to put themselves on the road to amazing life after war? Oh, gosh, they're all so good. <laughs> but I would say to keep working out because working out is going to make you feel good and look good. And when you feel good and you look good, you do better. That makes a lot of sense. And I think it's a good advice for all of us. Um, but especially when you're used to being physically active, um, I've heard that both from military veterans as well as like former athletes that uh, when you let that go, you know, it really, it's really oh, tough. Oh, yeah, it's a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time sharing your book with us. 
for those of you who have not gotten Keisha's book yet, it is called Life After War by Keisha Dixon, um, and it's available on Amazon. It's a bestseller. Keisha, thanks so much for spending some time with us today talking about your book. Oh, thank you, Mr. Kidd. It's a pleasure. Some of our brave men and women out there are still dealing with things, the after effects of war. You know, they have PTSD, they have those kind of things. But there's a lot of them that just simply living life outside of the regimentation of being in the military can be a whole new learning experience for them. And so I really do encourage you, give them some extra love, some support, attention, any of the kind of things that you can do to help make their wonderful, precious lives better. I really do respect and appreciate our military people. Um, and I really do think that if all of us come together and give them our love and support, that that their lives will be better and that they can really truly discover that there is such a thing as life after war. You see, here's the thing. Life has some twists and turns. There are things that we know to expect, but it's those things that we don't know to expect that can throw us so much and, you know, for a returning military veteran, for a person who got a new job, um, you know, I've talked to people and they've talked about how they're doing so well at their job. And deep down inside, they're actually literally, uh, for lack of a better term, they're killing themselves. They've had physical or mental breakdowns because they invested so much of themselves into that good thing in their life. So, you know, I mean, there's an old saying that says that all stress is equal, good stress and bad stress. So if you move into a new house, that's an awesome, amazing thing. But it also is a thing that stresses you. Um, you know, if you get a new job at work, it's a great thing, I hope. Um, you know, but it can also be stressful. So really understand that with the people in your lives and with yourself. Rather than beating yourself up and giving yourself a hard time, give yourself a break today for the things that you've been struggling with and realize that that's common in our human experience. And then while you're loving on the people in your life today, don't forget to love on yourself. Do something nice for you today, too. You'll be glad that you did. We're going to take our last commercial break, and then we will be right back on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. 
this is Steve. Welcome back. What a couple of great books that we were able to share with you today about some of the struggles and victories, some of the challenges that we as people have in our life. And so I ask you the question, the same one that I was talking about at the beginning of the show, and that's, what are you going to do with today? What advantage, what use, what practical, real, uh, you know, good, profitable thing can you do with your day while it's called today? I mean, yes, like I said, the most practical thing you might be able to do today is to make goals, plans, uh, you know, to actually articulate how you're going to do the things that you dream of doing. That could be a great use of your day today. If you're doing it on purpose, to just, um, and I love it, a pastor friend of mine used to use the phrase creative loafing. And don't get me wrong, Pastor John, I do appreciate the concept of just taking time away and allowing your yourself, um, you know, life, the universe, God, whatever you call it, to really um, speak into you and just be still and allow new thoughts and ideas and insights to come in. Um, You know, in this particular case, I'm talking about actually putting legs to our hopes, our wants, our wishes, and our dreams. Because the difference between a goal and a desire, a goal and a dream, a goal and a possibility, a goal and a pipe dream is, is it real? Yes. But more importantly, is it documented? So in my first book, um, 10 Things That You Must Have to Succeed in Life and Business, um, I talked about that, and I have a whole chapter on it that talks about people that say they're money motivated. Because here's the thing. If you're really, truly money motivated, there are some extremely dangerous things you can do that pay immense amounts of money. And if you really, if money is the only option, if, if it's not what kind of life you can live, what kind of things you can get to, what the money takes you to, but it's just simply you want to be Scrooge McDuck and you want to swim through a giant pile of money. Hey, I'm not saying that's wrong. <laughs> Sounds kind of wonderful sometimes, doesn't it? But if that's really what motivates you, if that's what gets you up in the morning is I want to go down to my vault of gold and swim in it. Like I said, like Scrooge McDuck, then, you know, a high risk, high reward job will provide that for you. But the truth of the matter is for most of us, what we really are motivated by is the outcome. The where are we headed? What what can it get us to? What does having that thing provide for us? And so while we're looking at today, at the only legal tender that we have, while we're calling it today, while we're putting our best self into today, in our life and in our business, What is the thing that you can actually give action to? And what are the things that drive you? And once you really understand that, once you understand, as I said before, the most highly profitable thing that you can do, that only you can do, once you understand the secret of allowing other people to shine their unique brilliance in your business and and really even also in your life, 
I remember Jenny Dufresne, who's been on the show. You know, she's one of our best-selling authors. She was talking about how she had this internal message that told her that she had to be the one to clean her house. Now, at that particular point, Jenny was working 20-hour days. Um, but, you know, her mom was like, hey, you know, you're making lots of money. Why don't you just hire somebody to come in and clean your house? And Jenny refused. She was like, no, this is my responsibility. I will do it. And she said, you know, when I finally got beyond the point where I had to selfishly hold on to that and let it go, she goes, my life was better. And I was able to bless somebody else. See, a lot of times it's not about the money. I mean, yes, I know what it's like to have money be the issue. That literally there are seemingly no problems in your life that if you just had a little bit more cash, you could fix. But... A lot of times, what you really need is to just understand that there is the money for that. It's just a matter of letting go. We hold on so tightly to some of the things that serve us the least. In fact, even sometimes that are detrimental to who we are and how we show up in the world. So I encourage you today, let that go. And while I'm encouraging you, with what you could make the best use of today. While it's today, how could you best spend today? One of the best things you could possibly do would be to start your journey as a best-selling author. Now, why do I say that? You know, well, because Kathy and I have a marketing company that helps people publish their books. That's part of it. But more importantly, regardless of how you interact with us, we do want you to be part of Bestsellers Guild. You can go to bestsellersguild.com and join us. It's a free group on Facebook. We have a lot of fun. It's a good family and a great community. And there's a, we have many people in that group that just from being part of the group, they get what they need and they write, publish, and, and even become bestsellers. All from that. We have other people who you know, need to have a manual that shows them what to do and then they do it themselves. They need to be part of our group program and work together um, in a training class that shows them how to do that and kind of holds them accountable with other people. Um, and there are people who, you know, because of the busyness of their life, they need somebody to, you know, to do the heavy lifting for them. You know, not that there isn't anything for them to do, but that the bulk of it can come out quickly and be ready to go. And then there are other people, they just want what we call legacy book. They want a great big giant, um, you know, door stopper book so that they can say, you know, 30 years from now, their grandkids can sit on it, you know, at the dinner table and use it. And they can be like, you know, that's granddaddy's book that he wrote that is a best-selling book. Hey, we're all in different areas of that. Some of us need more hand-holding, more stuff. And we have, you know, the ability to help you with that too. But the number one thing that you need to do, and this is your action for today, absolutely yes, go to bestsellersguild.com and join us. But your number one action is, you have to decide, I am going to write my book. You see, 80 plus percent of the people in the world want to write a book but less than 5% ever do. And so for a lot of you, you're living your life in that other 75% plus where 
you've told the world you want to write a book, but you haven't done anything about it. Today is your day of action. Today is your day to be like Bob, to be like Keisha, to get your message, that thing that's just growling inside of you, ready to come out, to get it out into the world because the world needs you to show up as the best version of yourself in order for us all to live our best lives. Imagine the impact on the world if everybody in the world was doing all they could to be the best version of themselves. We could go on and on and on about the list of all the things that are wrong in the world, but we could also talk about how quickly we could make them right if people were just focused on that. And so since we don't have control of everybody in the world, the only person in life we have control over is ourselves. The person we can control is me. We can control ourselves and establish that today is the day that I'm going to take action. To get that right mindset to say, you know what? I'm done telling people that someday I'm going to write a book. I am going to write a book. I'm going to do what's necessary. I'm going to take action. And I'm going to be a best-selling author. We would love to celebrate that with you. We absolutely would just be delighted to be part of that journey with you, to share in the joy of that with you, and to tell the whole world, hey, you're a best-selling author because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. And I want you to know the world needs you. Please know, Kathy and I are here to help you live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur so that you can thrive in your life, you can thrive in your business, and people can see you going by and know that you're living a thriving, fulfilled life. That's amazing. And I would love to hear stories of that. Hashtag thriving entrepreneur. Tell me about the exciting, thriving things that have happened in your life today. Tell me what you took action on. Tell me who you made sure to love today. And make sure that one of those people that you made sure to let them know how much you love them, make sure that one of those people today was you. I thank you so much for spending time with us here today. Feel free to listen to any of our other guests, our other best-selling authors. And until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. 
It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.